Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And I, I forgot the warrior date thing entirely. We're still champions. Uh, with me, as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, or joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Happy National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. So for you fellas that are fucking up out there, today's your day. Send your ladies some flowers. It, who? Or is it like the ladies your, have to forgive you? Or your fellas. You? Or fellas, send your fellas from flowers because we are all Fair. inclusive on this podcast. Can, can the ladies send fellas flowers if they're fucking up? They're never wrong. I mean. That's where you're fucking up, Bobby. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not about to disagree with Mark right now, knowing who listens to this podcast. Um, all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, leading off with this, I saw. Uh, Luke Thomas, one of really uh, the man who's hosting one of two pieces of MMA media I actually consume these days, the other being the co-main event podcast, made an interesting point uh, on the Twitter saying that he thinks these fight night cards the UFC puts on that uh, are in front of a crowd, probably the best product they have going right now. And he cited the last London card, uh, the card that was right before this, I forgot where it was, Austin. Fucking on fire. Um, at the end of this, the conversation we have about the podcast, the card from this past week, I'd like to pause it to you guys if you think there's a reason for this or if what he's saying is true, because I actually do think it's true. Uh, Mike, I was going to wait till the end afterwards. You want to do it now? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a resounding duh, because it is a lot harder to put out shit. Well, I don't want to say shit product, but just not as good product. In front of actual people. Well, no, the argument, Mike, is that is this is better than the pay-per-views, is the argument he's making. That's I thought it was just in front of an actual crowd. No, no, he's saying these fight nights that are in front of the crowd are the best product the UFC has going right now. Period. Better than the pay-per-views also. So, the thing about that... I got to think about that. The thing about that one. All right. Um, So, the UFC was over in Strong Island, as the assholes say. Elmont, New York, uh, UBS, or Mike, did you appreciate that one for you? <laughs> That's what they say. They're real proud of that place. Uh, you know, they won't tell you if they're from there. They'll say from New York City, though. Uh, UBS Arena, Elmont, New York, Long Island. The area that the only good thing it ever gave us was MJF. Um, this thing looked like a pretty good card on paper. Lived up in almost every regard, except for that freak accident we got in the main event. Um... I don't think we really have to break down the main event too much, Marcus. I guess if you wanted to talk about like how how we got hurt, how Ortega dislocated his shoulder, and how we went we went home, like more so the uh, implications of what happened is what we should talk about. But why don't you talk about what happened here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I think for it not being a very long fight, there were still some takeaways. Um, ultimately, yeah, it was kind of a freak accident. Um, ultimately, the, the fight ended up on the ground. Yeah, year was on his back. He was fishing for a armbar. I mean, it didn't seem like it was 
very threatening or close, especially given Ortega's, you know, complexity with jujitsu. It didn't seem like he was in much danger. He tried pulling it out. It didn't seem like there was any issue. And then he fell to his back and it looked like he dislocated his shoulder, which was extremely unfortunate because like you said, this event was going very well. It was very exciting. And this was really, we, we were at be... fight. Uh, we were at card of the year conversation with this one, mm-hmm, I think for sure, which is hard without the main event, but yeah, continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I think these two athletes themselves make that a very promising main event. And I think we were, you know, potentially in for a real fun fight. And, you know, the little time we did get to spend with this fight, I was really impressed with Rod. Uh, Yair. Oh, me too. His, yeah. I mean, I think we knew that these were two flips of the coin where Yair was going to be stronger in the stand-up and Ortega was going to be stronger in on the ground game. But Yair really gave Ortega problems. Like, it became pretty apparent pretty early on. He was much quicker. His one-two was on point. He was tagging Ortega. But Ortega did the thing he needed to do. He changed the complexity. Of- Uh-oh. And... Sorry, it looks like I froze up for a sec. Go ahead, buddy. Um, yes, I mean, Ortega did all the things he needed to to change the momentum of this fight. He got the fight to where he needed to be. And then we got this freak accident, which is really unfortunate. But what I did take away is like, yeah, Yair looked really good. Ortega made the adjustments he kind of needed to. But ultimately, you know, this stopped him from being able to capitalize on that. So I, honestly, I really do want to see these guys go at it one more time but you know i think the ufc has different plans well, it depends which I'm also, also kind of okay with what we got going on with um mr ortega's shoulder because this is a man who has two surgically both of his shoulders are surgically repaired if i'm not mistaken i know he said he had two shoulder surgeries i think that's on each shoulder um and he was honestly just so devastated when it was over it was sad like just bummed me out you know and yair is happy he won but yair doesn't want to win like that either y- yair wanted to put a stamp on this because this is this was eventually like he said if i win i'm getting a title shot um and hell let's just get into it so there's only really two people who were we all thought there was really only two people left for alex to fight um which was yair and josh emmett uh ufc showed a bit of a preference for which one they would want with yair um none of us are stupid we can spell out we can all we all know why Yair would be a more, you know, attractive option. Uh, Josh Emmett, not so much Josh Emmett as much as his team, Uriah Faber, were all pretty uh, almost offended by how Josh Emmett's, like, like Josh Emmett was at the Izzy fight, right? Not at the, at the um, Volkanovsky fight, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't show him in the crowd or anything, and they put him, like, just somewhere up there, like the Cista game or something, right? Man is right there. Like, I think he's number three. I think, is what Josh Emmett was ranked, three or four. These are the two guys. So the UFC probably has a preference for Yair. Um, I think Dana was talking about uh, interim title. I'm not sure if Dana said it or not, but he said those two matching each other up. Volkanovsky himself put out the idea of the interim title before we all, you know, throw down on, well, our reasons for thinking it's stupid remain. But Volkanovski saying, hey, man, I'm hurt right now. Ideally, you know, I fight the winner of Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahachev at the beginning of the year. Um, and then, you know, these guys do an interim title fight. Then I'll come back and fight the winner. So I guess let's go with uh, two questions, Mike. What do you think they're going to do with this situation, the UFC? And uh, so what do you want them to do? I think what I, what I want them to do 
is have Volkanovski fight Yair just because Yair has been in the UFC for so long. I'm not that Josh Emmett hasn't either, but I mean, I remember Yair being, you know, a prospect. I think what when he fought uh, Cody Garbrandt in that one fight when they were both just like super prospects. Um, so it Different would be great class. to, yeah, but that was when he was at 135. Like he eventually. I think you're mixing up Thomas Almeida and Yair Rodriguez. I am mixing up Thomas Almeida and Yair Rodriguez. Ugh. Poor I did Yair. That thing where you, I did that thing where you mix up your Mexicans. Um, <sighs> I don't think Almeida's Mexican either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Thomas Almeida's Mexican. I think he's Somebody, Brazilian. He's but, Brazilian yeah. for sure, but it's okay. Mike just burying himself here. This is great. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go hide in a corner after this podcast. That's fine. Um, but either way, um, I'd love to see Yair actually get a title shot, but I think in reality, there's two factors that will pretty much lead to there being an interim title. And one of them is Volkanovsky being hurt and also his stated desire that he wants to fight at 155. And frankly, his his earned right to fight at 155 because he's been a pretty good champ at 145. So you think we're getting an interim title? Yeah, and I mean, it's the UFC. Why wouldn't it be right, the one Why the fuck not, man? There's a pay-per-view to, uh, in October that needs a fight, right? You know, there's <laughs> there's very... A lot of the times when they've done an interim title, it's like, really, why, why are you doing this? Mm. But this is one of those situations where I would actually be pretty down. If the champion is not going to defend title. the belt again yes. until next, like, February... Or no, sorry, next... If he wants to fight for the other title in January, let's say, right? So he's not going to fight that, and Alex is not defending this title for another ten, for ten months. Let's just be honest. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Fuck it, exactly. we've had, we have an interim title yeah. for stupider reasons than that. Um, I think we're getting an interim title for sure. I don't know if Alex is going to get what he wants, but I think a champion saying I'm okay with interim titles, all the UFC needs to be like, let's book a fucking. The UFC would book five interim five title fights a main card if they could. So yeah, fuck it. Well, main interim title fight. Um. I would like Alex to get a 155-pound title shot. I think Alex can get should get uh, whatever he wants. I think I, I've said this a lot. I mean, I've been saying this on this podcast forever. If you hold a belt and want to fight for another belt, I'm okay with it. I don't care how many weight class. Kamaru says he wants to fight uh, Yuri Prohaska. And I'm like, yeah, he wants to skip a weight class. I'm like, okay, fuck it. Why not? But yeah. I think we're going to get an interim title fight. I don't think, I think Alex is just going to have nothing to do personally until the, if he fights the winner of this. Mark, what do you think? And what do you want? Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind this interim title with Yair and Emmett, uh, mostly because I think, one, you have a problem with Emmett. I still don't think he's super marketable. Okay. And even his last fight, though, he won. He took a lot of damage. It wasn't like a super great performance. And I think for Yair, it's kind of like, does, do you really want the la his last fight to be this fight before he fights for a title? Where it was very inconclusive. It was kind of a freak accident. I think both guys would like to head into the title. I mean, the actual title against you know um, Alexander with like a solid win, a good performance where they actually beat the person. I mean, and, and more so than even that, I think it's a fun matchup. So I think that intrigues me. If it was, who, who do be you think deserves it, Mark? Apologies. Who do you think actually deserves it more? Out of if you had to pick one of the two of them, mm, I really I, think I would, it's Emmett personally. I, Oh, I, I kind of pick Yair, and I know that he lost more recently. Um, and having that streak that Emmett has, I think, holds a little bit more water. But 
personally, like I just think that's a more interesting matchup for me, Alex and Yair, because I think Emmett is like we've seen like this dude's fucking hittable. Like, what's he going to do against Alex? Get pieced up? And, well, like, do, we you hope think, he do you, do you think Yair deserves it more though? Actually, not just what's a better fight. Who do you think deserves so, it more? Um, There's an argument to be made either way. I don't think it's clear. I shouldn't have said yeah. that. I don't think it's clear. I just my pick is Emmett, just because he's won five in a row and he's won seven of nine like he only has two losses I, I do think that even though it was a freak accident like the ortega win a win over ortega even in these like just holds more weight to me than calvin does so i just i haven't that's fair just, that was calvin also hasn't we also as, didn't neither of us we both we both of us thought calvin won also when it was over there's also that if i remember correctly yeah i honestly don't it was remember. close i, I thought i thought ago. calvin won i remember thinking but yeah yeah but i mean that's I, for me it's just like deserving what does that even matter anymore for me no, it's like fair. what's a more interesting who's of those two guys who's i think potentially could give alex a challenge and i think it's yair because his stand-up i mean in this fight looked so good looks so good now i think alex alex if he comes into that fight is going to think like okay i maybe i need to implement some ground game here because that's maybe somewhere where yair isn't as strong but i just think it's a much more compelling matchup so yeah i'd love to see yeah, you're an Emmett, battle it out and have a real clear number one contender. Fake belt, whatever. You know, you could sell the next pay-per-view even more. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens with Alex at 155. You know, if he goes to 55 and wins, you know, it's it, it, for me, it's almost like, man, there's so many more interesting fights at 155 than uh, whoever wins. Yeah, you're an Emmett. But I'm also very intrigued with a double champion actually defending both belts. I think that's, you know, only Amanda Nunes has done that. So I'd love if he's able to do that, if he's able to beat Charles and become the 155 champion to go down and beat the interim champion 55. There's nothing but killers there. They could have an interim champion. Dana gets this he, great he could, thing. He, where he could, has all these title fights. He could go the other way, too. Like, he'd go down. He's not big. Oh, to 135? I mean, he's, there's ever anybody who was out there who could do three. Like it was Edgar was the guy before you thought because size wise, but yeah, I mean honestly, I three at once is tough. <laughs> well, I mean it, it's unrealistic, right? He wouldn't it be just... able to defend them uh, consistently. So I mean, I think either is compelling for me. I would love to see a male champion in these weight divisions specifically that are super talent rich to see someone hold both belts and defend them. That's... I think would be it's so astonishing. Hard. But also to, to hit, you know, to be the first guy to be triple champion, I think is also a great, you know, achievement in and of itself. So if now, you can do either of those. I mean, uh, when, the band and white thing is mostly say, me talking. When you say a male champion actually defend, you mean defend literally both. Because I know DC, <laughs> the well, he won the middle, the, the heavyweight title, and he, he tried defending it. He he defended it because he beat Derek Lewis. He never after. went back down to let heavyweight. He never went. He oh, never defended you're right, both. You're right. And, and they, no one has, and only Amanda has. And I think it's easy to. Henry look got at, close. Henry was the closest. He tried. He was because he took. Ah, no, he didn't. You're right. He didn't defend. No, he I mean, no, no one has. I mean, it, it's it's very clear. You well, have uh, to you have both belts. And well, you Amanda, both only, of them. don't you think the fact that Amanda was the only reason able to do this with the UFC's current schedule of fuck it, we got to put on fights, is because they had an entire weight class that just doesn't exist outside of her. Like it's hard to. I can't even wrap my head around a male champion doing it because of that. Like, I don't well, know how you I mean, maintain I think the schedule. It's, it's very clear that 145 was a super weak division. But to get that belt, she had to beat, you know, what was considered by, you know, pretty much everyone to be the strongest female MMA fighter of all time. And that was Cyborg. Like, there was really little doubt besides, you know, it was Cyborg and um, Ronda Rousey. And she beat both of them. And then she defended both belts. Now, 145 was a super, super shallow division. 
And, you know, I think that's still, you can take a little bit of rub off that, but like no one else has done it. Like it's, it's a very clear distinction is no one else has done that thing that she did. That makes her unique. Much like, you know, Connor was the first one to be double champion. That makes him very unique. He also didn't defend any belts. Right? I don't <laughs> think he one. ever defended a belt in his entire career. Nah. But he's still the first one to do it. And you get credibility there. So Amanda, you know, look at 145 was super shallow. And I think she had more of her defenses at 45 against, you know, weaker competition than she did at 35, which had a richer, richer talent pool. But she still did it. And no one else did. So you can't take that away from her. Yeah, if Alexander is able to do that as well, and even more so at these divisions where there's so much talent would be really, you know, quite an accomplishment. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the cards play out. He has a lot of work ahead of him to do that. Um, all right. We got to pick up the pace here because we talked about a main event that went uh, four minutes for 15 minutes here. Um, Amanda Lamosh, Michelle Watterson. I didn't watch the first round. I thought this was free money. Those of us who bet on it, it was obvious. I don't know how hard. I think I might have been a little. I don't know how harsh I was last week when I said this is the end of a man, of a Michelle Watterson fighting relevant fights. It is. She's done. Like she can't. She's number ten. She got railed by number eleven. Is what it is. There. I mean, Amanda Lemos is. She was on a run before she got that arm triangle squeeze from uh, Farm Girl Strength Jessica Andrade back in April. She still won. Six of seven fights. This is... What is this? 115? Right? Yeah, 115. She fought Watterson. Yeah. yeah. It's 115. She's 35 years old. How many wins? Until she gets a title shot. That was number... She just beat number 10. She's won six of seven. One? Two. Yeah, one or two, maybe. Yeah. I think one's fine. She fights another top contender, someone who maybe fought for the belt, and I think you're right there. Um, Michelle Watterson didn't look great and Amanda Lemos I wouldn't have let go of that submission because did you see that Marcus what happened I did yeah because the referee didn't see it and Michelle Watterson had too much integrity well I mean okay I'm not sure you can pull off the fake tap argument with 95 camera angles and 2 million yeah. people watching anymore but like they had to tell the referee like yeah she tapped and Michelle Watterson's like I tapped that was a bit you know but I mean nice of Michelle not to make an ass of herself and, but well, I, would, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was clear. It was, you know, in the replay, there's yeah. some times where it's a little like, okay, was was his hand just, ta you know, yeah. with it just like resting on him a couple times? But it was a fairly clear tap. It wasn't emphatic, but yeah, it's always wasn't better it, to, uh, to play was it. Was it Yuri that kept tapping Glover? Like just double, like just, was it was a fight a couple weeks ago where somebody just kept tapping the other dude? I think it was uh, Yuri. And Glover. it wasn't like he was in a submission or anything, but I remember, yeah, anyway. Um, we'll see what Lemos goes from there. Get her a big opponent. I uh, don't know what Jessica Andrade is up to, but uh, oh, she's not gonna fight her again. But um, Muslim Salikov versus Li Jingliang. Man, the leech doesn't stop, Mark. He mm -hmm. just—he's just—he's gonna turn into a brawl. He didn't give a fuck. Um, that was impressive. He was a big underdog. What'd you think of his performance? Yeah, I mean, I think. Muslim definitely looked like he was the more technical striker. I mean, obviously, he had a bigger arsenal with the spinning attacks, and he utilized them, you know, throughout the fight. But, you know, Lee is really a pressure fighter, and he knows when he hurts someone how to go for the kill. This is These are some things that we've seen over and over again in his victories. Like, he's able to hit that big punch, and he's able to not squander that opportunity to finish it. You know, and most of the losses we saw were, like, people that can take away that pressure, ground him. Those are 
things that he still, I think, needs to work on. But like in this fight where it was a stand-up fight and he was against, you know, technically a more proficient fighter, he was able to find that opening. He found that big right straight and um, was able to finish the fight. So, like, he, yeah, he, he's a game fighter, you know, anyone you put him in. And, and this is kind of why he took that uh, Kazma fight because he's like, you know, look, if he gets him to the ground, it's going to be rough. But standing up, you know, I'm, if he puts pressure on you, he could break a lot of people. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, I don't know. I don't think title contention just yet, but this was a big win. Yeah, for him, his so, la- yeah. was it his last fight that he just got worn around the octagon by Chimeyev? That was not great. Like Chimeyev was just yeah, that was talking to everybody. Yeah. That was just it was a rough one for him. Yeah. All right. So Matt Schnell versus Maderji. Okay, if you haven't watched it, hit pause and go watch this thing. Not because I'm going to spoil a fight, because of course we are, but like. Any time I'm not watching that fight and uh, continue on your life is time wasted. That was the best round of MMA, and I don't remember how long, Marcus. I mean, that's that was an all-time second round. That was right up there with Nick Diaz and Paul Daly. That was incredible. Um, Matt Schnell, as people like to say, especially New York Jets fans, has got that dog in him. And we do, huh? Well, that's what everybody says you about like your quarterback. All your quarter. I'm not uh, aware. Your enti- the entire internet has decided your quarterback's got that dog in him, for different reasons. Um, Matt Schnell, though, Marcus, I he I thought he was getting his ass whooped for a while there. The, like those standing elbows he was eating. I mean, Suma Darji was like surgical with those. What a comeback! Uh, what would you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think. It is fair to point at the second round. That was where a lot of the action, but I rewatched it, and the first round was great, too. Yeah. Um, you know, Chanel was, I mean, this is another fighter, a fight where we had one guy was superior in the stand-up, the other guy was superior on the ground, and Chanel was able to take him down in the first. He was going for a triangle that wasn't hooked up the right way, but went for Uma Plata. Uh, Sue lifted him up and tried to slam him down. Like, there was a lot of action in that first round. It was a good, solid first round, but yeah, the second round was Sue hit him with a left straight that hurt him. And then it was basically like, I think two or three standing elbows that, I mean, you know, the corner, you know, the, the commentary was saying they're freezing him in place. He was knocking him unconscious is what it was. Like he would hit him and the dude would basically be unconscious for a second standing up personally, you know, besides you have to give all the props to Chanel for fighting through this. But like I, my hat goes off to the ref. Cause I watched this fight. And I was like, dude, just stop the fight. Like yeah. he's getting, there was three times he's out on his fucking feet mm. or he's stumbling around. It's like, what? You need to see this guy get completely knocked out before you stop the fight. You're not going to stop it as long as he's wobbling on two legs. But to Chanel's grit and determination, fired back, hit his own right straight that hurt Sue really bad, then was able to take him down, got mount, cut him up really bad. Sue was able to reverse position, but that's where he got the triangle. It was a fantastic fight. You know, obviously this is when, I, you know, me and Bob were watching the fights and I was like, you know, let's, let's pencil this in for fight of the year. Cause you know, come December, it's going to be a faint memory. Um, but we need to remember that this one, cause this one really stuck yeah, out. This was, you know, a huge comeback. That was incredible. I, I remember I yeah. thought telling you, I'm like, I mean, I thought Glover and Yuri had fight of the year locked up or at least for like, Oh, I mean, I don't know until at least the next time Justin Gaethje fights. Uh, but whew. Yeah, for me, these are the fights that score higher. I mean, I, again, we talk about it, and we'll talk about it at the end of the year. Like, the Yuri-Glover fight had a lot on the line, but, like, for me, it is the damage of these guys. Like, I don't think either Glover or Yuri took this much damage and was able to persevere out of it. It's like, are you sure? 
That took a that took some abuse in that fight, bro. Yeah, I, there oh. was never any time the dude was standing and I was like, stop the fight. Uh-huh. Literally, I was in my like, what are we doing here? Well, we need to Fair get enough. this guy's mouthpiece needs to fall out. Like th- these are these are the types of fights that I really I mean, I think the Yuri Glover fight was great, but also in that fight, I was like, Yuri's not performing to his ability. Like this was a yeah. fight, like these guys are these guys are utilizing every fucking ounce of skill and heart and determination they have to win this fight. And I, I I've seen Chanel fight before. When this fight came up, I was like, I remember this guy. He and like you said, he's like he's a dog. Like he really goes after it. And even when he's and they talked about it in the fight, like he talked pre-fight about like, okay, if things go bad, I need not to just like turn it into a brawl. I need to be more tactical. And that's what he did, but ultimately it worked for him. So like, yeah, I was I know going into this fight, I was like, oh, I'm I know this guy. I'm kind of rooting for him because I didn't know Sue that much. And Sue had a fantastic performance. He survived on the ground, slammed him from an Uma Plata. Did a ton of damage standing up, but you know he got his clock rung too, and he wasn't able to persevere. So yeah, just fantastic fight. And for me right now, my fight of the year. Yeah, excellent fight, Mike. You catch it yet? I haven't caught it yet. Yeah, you gotta catch. You gotta watch this thing, man. Make use of that ESPN Plus subscription that we. Yeah, this was a fight. I was when I watched it again at round two. I was like, Christine, I don't. My wife, I was like, I don't. She she likes fighting, but it's not like you know. I'm not having her watch every fucking card and every every fight. But I was like. You should see this one. This one's pretty good. And she even was like, holy the, uh, shit, that was really fucking crazy. The comments on the uh, Sports Center tweets about this. Mm. I do want to say, Bob, one more mm. thing. I put I never heard, and Mike, I, I we do implore you to watch this. I think this might even put you over the edge. Besides just saying, Oh, it's a great fight, whatever. DC makes a sound in this fight. I've never heard a human being make before. The squeal he has when Chanel gets mouthed is just like, oh, like that's that's not what? that's not him thinking like, oh, me and Rogan are gonna have a reaction camera. I gotta grab a guy like that. No, is just d- that that was DC's inner inner just like grappler just came out like yeah. Like, fuck yeah, oh, DC yeah. was so... Like, watch it and and look out for when Chanel turns the table and gets the mouth, because there's like a... Yeah. <laughs> like, DC, he's going off right now. By the way, I'm not sure if people, if people appreciated the uh, yellow jackets. Um, you have to be a bit of a broadcasting nerd, I guess, but that was the jackets they used to wear on ABC on Monday Night Football back, like... The Howard Cosell days, okay. the yellow jacket. Is that something they still do though? No, or it was like a reference. Okay. It was I, that's to make... what I thought. I was like, this is like no, an old. You, you you see it? You see it every so often on some Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, John Annex. Uh, ben Folks was saying that he bets that it was John Annex, uh, nerdy ass, wanted to do it, and then the UFC's like, well, fuck, fine, we have to do it for DC then. And who was the other commentator? Felder. Who was the other one on the call? Um, it wasn't yeah. Bisping. No, no, uh, not Dan Felder. Hooker. The, re- the, real, the real pill. Yeah, uh, Paul Felder. Felder. Yeah, yeah. Irish yeah. Dragon was in there. Um, all right. Shane Burgos, Charles Jordan. Look, I had money on this and I needed Shane. Bur- I mean, at the end, I lost all these bets. Um, but I had I needed Shane Burgos to win. Shane Burgos didn't win that fight, man. Marcus Shane Burgos didn't win that fight. Shane Burgos is seven zero while fighting in the seven and zero in the UFC while fighting in the city in the state of New York, one in three in other parts of the country. So as you put it, Marcus, some home cooking right there. I don't know how you score a ten eight for him in round That'd be two. two, yeah, and then not score Jordan at ten eight in round three. I thought it was two one for Jordan, if not at if not, but a third round could have been a ten eight. I thought it was pretty. 
That's what I thought. That's what I thought we were going. What'd you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was kind of in the he- same headspace. I mean, it, it is one of these fights where like round one was kind of close. I mean, and again, like it, it's tough to judge this like effective grappling. And like, yeah, because I mean, second round, I mean, watching it, I didn't think he earned a 10-8. But like when you look back at it, I was like, he did have his back the whole fucking round. Like I, there wasn't a there wasn't a lot of catches. I mean, for me, effective grappling means like you're close to a submission. And to Shane's credit, in the first round, he was. Yeah. If the referee has to ask you, are you okay right now? Are you are you getting choked out and you have to give a thumbs up? That's a catch. And in Pride, it was real fucking easy because the referee would just say, catch, catch, give up, give up. But like with the referee has to check on you and see if you're still conscious, that's a catch. That means there's effective grappling going on. But, you know, to Charles' credit, he got he got the fuck up. And then he beat him up in that round. Bro, you know, get, I was talking before. I was talking uh, throughout the week how I thought Jordan had really turned a corner. Dude looked good. His hands yeah. look good. <laughs> and, and what I will say, in this loss, like, I think anyone that watched this fight, you can't not be a Jordan fan after this mm-hmm. fight. Because, And again, I, I feel like what, again, like, I hate to always harp on how much I loved Pride judging. Like, it's always hard to have the guy win who got fucking stomped in the third round. This, yeah. And this happened to Michael Johnson, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago. Like, the first round was close. Burgos definitely won the second. He controlled it with yeah. back control literally the entire round. I think there was, like, five strikes amongst them. And then, but Jordan beat the shit out of him in the third Woo! round. Yeah. And, and to make it even more impressive, Shane uh, Burgos looked like he weighed 170 pounds. He looks so much Burgos bigger is, than Charles. Yeah, he's massive. He's so big. He looks so big. <laughs> And Charles was beating this dude pillar to post. And, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I was like, you know, 10-8s weren't. And it wasn't because there was any, like, single moment where I was like, oh, Shane's almost done. Like, you could stop the fight. But it was an accumulation of five minutes of just getting whomped on. So, yeah, I mean, definitely at the end you of know, the day. For you know, some, I, for a couple really one-sided rounds, I thought it was a pretty compelling fight. Even it though was, it, was, it, was I got, it, was, it was into the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it but again, like, okay, if, if we're talking about, like, the most dominant rounds were two and three for both fighters, like, I want to see round three rounds more than two. Because two, he had his back. He was controlling them. But there wasn't a lot of, like, solid. There was no catches in that Yeah, one, and, you know, I, 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 was, I was pretty confident about my scorecard. But I'm looking, man, 50-50 on MMA reporters, pretty much, on mm-hmm. the scorecards. The fans had it about 60% for Jordan. Um, I don't know how you do the 10. I don't know how you go 10-8 in the second round, though, and not do it in the third round. I just don't yeah. think it's possible. I mean, again, like this effective grappling is really ambiguous. Is it just like? Well, I don't, I don't even have a problem control? with the ten eight. I don't have a problem with the ten eight. The second, I mean, even if you come up with a ten eight for the second round, like mm-hmm. if you're viewing that level of gap of a scoring gap, the third round, I don't know how Jabur- Burgos man is tough because he was getting cracked yeah. like all I the mean, time. I think maybe it's because he was still throwing back. I mean, he wasn't landing nearly as as much as Charles was or as cleanly. But when you look at, like, the strike count, like, he was still game. He was, I mean, he, he was still losing considerably. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, it is what it is. I, yeah. I, I definitely feel bad for Charles. But I, I think he loses no fans in this fight, if anything. You know, I mean, for me, remember before this fight, I was like, I don't really remember this. And I saw his face. Like, okay, I kind of remember what this guy yeah. looks like with his tattoos up to the neck and stuff. And then watching the fight, I was like, oh, yeah. Now oh, I remember yeah. this guy's fucking – you come to watch this guy. And mm-hmm. I, I needed to put more respect on the name. I need to remember the name because next time it comes up, I need to get more excited. But, yeah, this fight was really fun. Mike, and he put on a fantastic performance. Mike, so Lauren Murphy, Misha Tate. 
I know a little bit rough for you personally. A little not rough. just not not just rough. because you know both of you just went and picked Misha Tate confidently last week. Um, I'm gonna do a little bit of a rewriting of history here anyway. Um, no, but I I picked Lauren Murphy in this one. I remember looking at the odds and it was like minus two thirty for Misha Tate, and I'm like, what did I miss here? Why is she such a big favorite over Lauren Murphy? It's good to know I wasn't wrong necessarily, but Mike, Lauren Murphy looked great, but Misha Tate looked slow. Misha Tate yeah. did look on that yeah. didn't look good on any look. That was her whole she got her left eye all fucked up. I, I what do you think? Very early on, um, I I put an extra hundred bucks on Misha Tate right literally a minute before the fight, thinking, you know what? It's an easy way to win fifty bucks. Misha is gonna take her down. Misha, you know, she got a TKO in her last fight. This is easy money. And then the fight started, and Misha tried for takedowns. And I learned very quickly that Lauren Murphy is much stronger than Misha Tate because every time Misha tried to take down, uh, Lauren Murphy was just able to basically just shrug her off. And then in stand up, Lauren just had a lot more power, which was evident in Misha's eyes just getting busted up. Um, it was a it was a one sided fight. Yeah, uh, Lauren Murphy in this weight class. I think a lot of people's impression of Lauren Murphy comes from her not so great bantamweight run, where she was, I think, around the UFC like one and three at bantamweight. I think flyweight though, she's uh, seven and two. And those losses are Valentina Shevchenko and Sajaro Eubanks like six, like four years ago. She looked great, Mark. I mean, I'm not saying let's run it back with her and Valentina. I don't think that would go well, no matter how good of a medical procedure she had done. But Lauren Murphy, man, just out. She wore Misha Tate around that octagon like a hat. That was not close. No, uh, I mean. I mean, we didn't. I mean, one of the big factors was Misha was coming down, you know. And I mean, you just talked about how good this move for Lauren has been. You know, we didn't know like maybe this would be just as good a move for Misha. Maybe Misha at you know thirty five wasn't really fully utilizing all her skills and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Having to lose the ten pounds might have made a, a huge difference, and it really didn't. And you can even see in the physique, just you know. And look, I'm not trying to like blame anyone, but like you can look at Lauren and she's shredded. Like, mm -hmm. you know, she's putting in the time at the gym, you know, and that doesn't and look at physique does not always mean that you're the most well prepared. But I wasn't surprised when neither combatant was able to get the fight down. They're both very good grapplers. But I just thought Misha would be the bigger, stronger. She'd be able to bully her in the clinch a little bit more, be able to get the better strikes in the clinch. And it became very apparent that, yeah, like her movement in the stand up was much slower. You know, Lauren it, and I mean, I, I think, you, you know, it's easy to say now, like, oh, how did anyone think Misha Tate was a big, you know, uh, like a favorite in this fight? But it's like Lauren's stand up has never been much to write home about. It's not how she wins fights. It's because she's they, they have a lot of similarities. They're tough grapplers. Neither one of these women ever gives an inch. There's no quit in either of them. I mean, and you can look at Misha Tate's face in a lot of her fights where she gets battered and bruised. And you look at the Holly Holm fight where she was just getting whomped and pulled off the victory you know, in the last round, but like, yeah, Lauren just looked physically so much in better shape. Her punches had so much more snap on them. They were so much quicker and Misha Tate just kind of fell behind, you know, and in credit to Lauren Murphy, like she did a lot of good stuff in, in the clinch, you know, out of, the, you know, 
exiting the clinch and throwing those big elbows, landing consistently on Misha. Honestly, at the end of the fight, I was I was kind of thinking we were going to see some gloves in the center of the octagon because it's kind of like yeah. I, I, point, I didn't want to just say. I mean, I was saving this conversation after because we mm-hmm. know Watterson too. Um, I don't think this is the comeback she was. Ex- I don't know. Maybe I don't. I, she remember? Do you remember why she said she came back? Wasn't it some of it like? Her daughter could see her do it or something. That was some of it. She has kids now. She has a couple kids, Misha. Yeah. I mean, she um, seemed revitalized and she's still, I mean, she's still. V- Uh-oh. Uh, well, she my- seemed even more confident. Sorry, am I breaking up? Yeah. Um, you're back now. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, she coming back, she seemed very confident. You know, it seemed like she had gotten the, because honestly, what it seemed like when she, when she retired, like that fire was gone. She got the belt. She lost the belt. She lost the next fight, and she was like, "I just don't got it in me anymore. This is I don't have the passion anymore." You know, she she took time away, and it felt like she got that fire back. Like I could still do this. I could still make a run at it. You know, her first fight back, she looked good. The second fight, she did not look so good. And then you know, you make this adjustment. You go down the weight class. You think, okay, this is where I'm going to be able to really make a splash. I'm going to be bigger and stronger than these girls. And then you know, you hit a wall like Lauren Murphy. And I would not have been surprised if she's like, you know what? I really thought I had it in me. I, this was, you know, this is my last run. But it, it's hard to imagine that now she's going to have to, like, you know, kind of start back up at 125. Because, I mean, when you when you move down a weight division, if she got a good win here, she's right there in title contention, you know. She who sells was, it. Who was she shit-talking about? She kept going after this one girl. Oh, it was like Ask six months lad. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, lad. Let's just do that. If they, she wants another fight. Sure, yeah. I don't was that 35, though? Was it 35 or 25 or Aspen? I thought it uh, was, Aspen I is 135. Is she 35? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I she's, mean, if I, if I, Misha's not going to cut to 125 again. That was, unless she really is trying to, like, become a champion. I think this is just, uh, if she's going to fight. I mean, I for me, it, it seemed like that was always the goal. I think she thought she really had the goods to, to, to get a title shot and, and grab yeah. that gold again. Well, but I mean, I the, was it was that after we'll that see. fight with Valentina, where Valentina had the tough win over, um, help me out, guys, just happened. The guy who took her down, the girl who took her down a few times. Oh, Santos. Talia, yeah, Talia. Where Misha's just like, I'm coming to 125. I'm the uncrowned champion. Oof. I remember thinking like, okay, like... Let's just like pump the brakes a little bit. You just lost. And again, yeah. um, we'll see, man. She came back after five years off. She looked good in that first fight. Everybody was impressed with how her striking looked. But not so good in these last two. Um, all right. Uh, some of the prelims. Marcus, Punahele, Soriano, uh, Dalcha, Lungiambula. What'd you think? Yeah, this was a brawl. Um, and Punali, I mean, I'm going to butcher these dudes names but the hawaiian um against this i think the other guy was i don't know if he's south african or what but like the first round's a blur at one point there was is what he's from congo congo at one point there was a leg kick or something but his short his short on his his left leg kind of crept up and you got to see this dude's thigh muscle Mm mm-hmm it's all DC could talk about. This <laughs> fucking massive. It just it took all the all the talking points out of the air. And even after the second round, they're like, they didn't pull those shorts down. They're letting it breathe. Um, but the the Hawaiian of uh, Punahali, so I'm butchering it. Like he, this dude hits hard, and once he connects, like he finishes the fucking fight. So this was a really fun stand up fight. Um, and I think for um, again, Dalachi. Sorry, he's getting cut. Um, you don't have to worry about it. He got cut. 
my man dude's lost. He's been, he's lost four or five UFC fights. I mean, the, the problem. The other guy lost. The other guy lost two. This was a, this was a yeah. loser who goes home. I think honestly. Well, it's a, it's unfortunate because I mean, dude's a physical specimen. But like that being said, like they were even saying like, yeah, the the other corner didn't care when he got taken down because like this dude is so yoked up. Like, just wait, running down that clock. This dude's stamina has to go. There's too mm. many fucking muscles here to to breathe oxygen into that any human can sustain any type of like rhythmic uh you know outpour so it was a good fight it was, it was a fun one for sure um yeah i didn't want to be i, didn't to, I felt bad saying that now that he's not going to be around but the guy's lost four well, or five I mean, the record's not great you yeah know. I, I mean the other guy thought he was getting cut if he lost and he'd only lost two in a row so um ricky simon jack shore mike you catch this one uh nope i was still driving on this one it was a very uh, errand it was a very errand focused saturday me bobby um i man mark i was i was telling you the whole week leading up to it oh man i like jack shore jack shore's he had lost i didn't understand why he was on this card i still don't mm -hmm. when he's, I think he's from like wales or something yeah, they're in they're in the uk this weekend yeah like what are we doing it, man we're already 40 on, minutes into this goddamn we got and i'm on the us. other side like i've been a big fan of ricky simone ever since i saw him yeah. and Sorry, I think I'm cutting out again. But, no, no, but you're fine. I, you, you sold me eventually. Like, I, I, bet, I bet on Ricky Simone when I'm like, here. I'm what like, I like about sure. this kid, yeah. like, he's kind of a grinder, a wrestler, but, like, this this guy fucking chain wrestles. Mm. Like, he, he shoots in, and it is not over. You don't get to just sprawl on this fucking kid. He's going to turn the corner. He's going to turn it to signal singles. He's going to work for that fucking takedown. And Jack Shore wasn't having any of that shit. I was so shocked that, like, Ricky could not take this dude down. Well, Rick, really Jack's a good Jack for an Englishman. Or I don't know. Is Wales is Wales in England? Uh, uh, yeah, yes, it's, well, it's in Great Britain. Okay, yeah. Wales is his own country, but it's in Great Britain. For uh, the man's for for being where he's from. Let me just say it like that. Man's got sixteen wins. Half of them are by submission. Man knows how to grapple. Uh, serious black belt. His dad is is actually a black belt in jujitsu. It's where he got his belt. So, mm -hmm. yeah, he was. He, he put up a hell of a fight there, man. I know he got finished here, but he put up a hell of yeah, a fight. Yeah, so, I mean, it seemed like, okay, Ricky can't take this dude down. That's kind of how he wins fights. Like, his stand -up, Ricky's stand-up has definitely gotten better, and he throws fucking hard. But Jack, even in the stand-up, was like, oh, his jab's on point. He's the longer fighter. He can't take him down. Ricky, I think, still won the first round just because he was so much more, you know, aggressive. But it was definitely starting to seem like Jack might be able to start pulling some stuff together. His jabs lightened him up. And then Ricky was able to basically pull draw a nice right hand, and it just had Jack on the wobble legs, and he was able to finish the fight there. So a very big win for Ricky. And again, like one of the things I like about this kid, like not only does he he's fucking tenacious on the takedown, when he gets on top, it is oh. just like it's it's tough going. He's gonna ground and pound you. He's got submissions, and in this one, he got on top, started pounding him. Uh, Jack went to his back. And realized, well, that's not a great place to go. Turned back, you know, and Ricky kind of went for a rear naked. But then when he turned back, he he, he snatched up an arm arm triangle real quick and, and got that snap. So, like, again, he got the, wants, got the sub, so. he wants Sean O'Malley. I think that's fun. That's a great I fight. don't like that if I'm Sean O'Malley. Who's the other guy that Sean O'Malley got called out by recently? I mean, everyone's calling Honestly, out. Honestly, man, I, I, the number of call outs went up. The number of the number of call outs go up after your last fight. I don't care what the O'Malley commission said. They all saw something. You know what I mean? This Marcus, this kid's getting called out right now. I mean, I mean, I think I they think all a lot see of people... they see weakness 
and an opportunity to be on pay per view with weakness. He's got. A I think so. I mean, I think, I think yeah, it's it's a it's a big scalp. You know, he talks a lot. He has a lot of groundswell. But in his last fight, like, I'm more impressed with Sean O'Malley than I was before that fight. Like that fight wasn't entertaining. But, like, I thought his weakness is, like, dude, just chop this guy's legs off. And he didn't fault. You know, he did not cave to that. You know, ultimately, it, no, it ended course. up not being great. That was absolutely the case. But I don't think – I think the number of fighters calling him out is not an accident right now. Sure. They're I think like, people they're think like, like this... he's weak on the ground. And yeah. he, if you can't – if he, you know, if you can negate that stand-up. And I think this is a great – I would – I would love that fight. Put that on pay-per-view. Yeah, there was somebody else guys. who called him out, too, like a week after that. I'm trying to think who yeah. it was. It was another I mean, young guy. Like, yeah, it seems like um, a lot of people do. Because, you know, we'll see. But that, that was the last fight I saw. So I can't give you uh, Mike, anything else. Uh, Bill Algio, Herbert Burns. Man. Okay. what Herbert man. burned himself out going for... What was it that he went for that he burned himself out? Do you remember? So, yeah. So, for most of the first round, he actually had Algio. It seemed like in a pretty tight triangle choke. Um, Algio seemed like he was in it for maybe about two to three minutes of the fight. It was very impressive the way that he didn't tap. He kept, I think, what turning into the choke. So, that way he actually had a little bit of a... Uh, of a breathing room. I don't even know how he was able to grab gather that, but definitely after Algio Alge, Alge, was able to get out of that choke, it seemed like Hilbert, is it Hilbert? Well, uh, Hubert. They're thinking he might have a torn ACL before you say what but you say it, next. It, it, it seemed like he was, uh, at least to Sullivan's eye, it seemed like he was just absolutely gassed after that fight, but it was, a peculiar level of, of, of fatigue because anytime that uh, there would be a breakup and they were on the ground, uh, he would take so long to get up where in hindsight, it seems as if something had to be injured in his old I, Here's the thing. He's saying he might have torn his ACL. Like he says he hurt his knee. He's coming. He had a torn ACL before. Didn't look like he hurt his knee. At no point did it look like it hurt his knee. He wasn't favoring one leg when he was getting up with but any of these was, things. I'm not saying he is or isn't so hurt. Peculiar. It was I'm just so saying peculiar how he was the acting. way it ended, and I just sent you guys an image of what everybody, I went pretty viral that, uh, among MMA fans. His brother having to carry him out, looking like he just looked exhausted. Um, and I don't think you're supposed to cup under the guy's torn ACL knee like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I was saying. Like, if, if he seriously injured that knee, like... That's got to hurt too much to do that, man. You get crutches at the very least, or you get stretched out. No you one can help them? Dude. No one yeah. can help? Um, and I think I, I did catch from round one to two, and I guess, like, in between rounds one and two, like, Gilbert had to, like, beg him to continue. Like, Yeah, that was the, the whole him. vibe. Again, I don't know. If he really got hurt, hope he comes back soon. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was hurt, and but that's why he didn't want to go it was, to round two. But it was it a was, lot of, honestly, a lot of fighters were calling him out, just saying he didn't want to fight. They called They said all the things. That people say in those moments. Um, I just want to put this out there. Regardless of whether you got a hurt knee or not, the guy was gassed. Right? Is Mark, why is it? And I'll make a bit of a generalizing statement here, but we all got about 15 examples of this. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion enters MMA, has shitty cardio. What is that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different, completely different type of, like, combat sport you know i think a lot of times in things can move very fast but a lot of times it's very methodical you have a lot of handles i mean i'm, I'm guessing he was was he do you remember if he was a gi or no gi jujitsu practitioner no uh, see if no gi no gi yeah okay i mean uh, there goes the handles it's a better you know 
one to one. But I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of potential factors. Once you get hit in the face, I mean, a lot of things that you can do in jujitsu with like I'm going to try to control this guy's wrist to set up a submission. It's like I have to control his wrist because he's going to punch me in the face. You know, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it's hard to say. I can't really give any critique exactly why you know some people tend to you know have cardio issues. I, I think jujitsu rounds are maybe three minutes i don't think they're five minutes for sure so maybe that extra stretch of time i don't know you know I, I really yeah it's just say, like but... you see it happen a lot i just noticed and a lot of times i mean this one was weird because he got gas doing grappling um more often than not the guys get gas because you make them stand up you know you make them do more than they want to anyway um justin jacoby big win i'm a big dustin jacoby guy um i'm let myself down. I was like, do I want to bet on Dustin Jacoby? And then the guy was knocked out. I was like, okay, I should have. Um, man fought in glory. Man fights in the UFC. Man fights in Bellator. He fights everywhere. Justin Jacoby. It says that Alex Pereira hits harder, by the way, than uh, anybody he's ever fought easily. Because Alex Pereira knocked his ass out cold in glory with a left hook. Back in uh, 2014. I mean, what happened to Glory? I used to watch a lot more Glory. I'm thinking about it. Um, this card was awesome, man. Um, oh, Emily Ducati opened the show against Jessica Panay. There's something might be there. She's uh, 28 years old. She coming off of Invicta. She looked real good. A lot of fights, 12 and 6, but she was in Bellator. I don't know. She looked excellent against Jessica Panay. All right, back to the question we started at the beginning here. Why, why is it, or do we think these are better than the pay-per-views? Because I do. And let me tell you my reasoning is that it's the nice middle ground of we have the talent of the higher level fighters because they can't just send out the younger ones. But we also don't have anybody with so much to lose that they're fighting risk averse. And a lot of these guys are right on the edge of a pay-per-view. And... That's a factor in this as well. Also, I think having a crowd there makes a big deal. I think it's. I think it's, you're gonna see it next week too. You're gonna see it with all those English dudes. You're gonna see Patty and Molly and Aspinall, and you can play off these people. I think this all makes a difference. So I do think they're better, and those are my reasons. Uh, Marcus, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think I think those are all legitimate because I think, I mean, one, we've had pay per views for a while, but they still a lot of them haven't been in front of a live crowd. And I think that is a big factor. I think it's not just like, Oh, fighting in front of a crowd gets you energized, but it's like these guys haven't been able to fight in front of a crowd for a while. So like, I think that's even magnified because like, not only do you get, you feed off the crowd, but like you haven't, you've been waiting for this, you know, I mean, no one wants to fight in an empty arena. No one on the contender series is like, Oh, I'm glad that, you know, there's eight people in the audience. And it basically seems like I'm fighting a smoker at my gym. Um, which is like those are like amateur fights. Like, yeah, you know, that's what they call smokers. But um, you know, I, I think it's that, and I think Bobby, you, you bring a good point. Like these are all guys in the position where you kind of have to have good performances, right? Like when you get to that top tier, not even like not even just like champions defending, but when you get in like that top ten, top five, it's about getting W's, right? It's it, it's not nearly as much about like having impressive performances. If you do, that's great, you know. But like these guys are either not ranked barely in the rankings and they need to make a statement so they really go after it and i think we saw a lot of fights where these guys went after it and and it showed in a much more you know fun fight card so yeah i, I think those are valid reasons i mean it, will i say like these like okay if i had to pick watching a fight night or a pay-per-view 
it really depends who's on the card for yeah. me personally. Um, but like we saw here, like, you know, this card was pretty stacked, but it wasn't like the most well-known guys in the world, but they came out like, and that's I, the thing is like, we never know how, how the fights are going to play out. So while a card might look great on paper at the end of the day, it could be a snoozer. Um, but like, yeah, these have been fantastic. And I, expect you know what it is also, to too. um, Oh fuck! Now I just lost it. Never mind, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, um, I I agree with you guys. Uh, think of it this way: that people who are on the main cards already, right? You will see a lot of like highlight reel, impressive knockouts, right? That always play in a lot of their packages. Uh, one example that comes to mind for me is uh, Tyron Woodley. I don't know how many times. I saw him obliterate Josh Koscheck. Um, you know, when he was champion and when he was on like the main cards leading up to being champion, and after he was champion when he was when he was pretty washed already. And what's the common thread with when he knocked out Tyron Woodley? He was still on the come up. Ka Josh Koscheck was still, I think, the the guy that was above Tyron Woodley at the time. And Tyron Woodley was still hungry. Coming from Strike Force, still trying to really make a name for himself in the UFC. And not to say that he got safe, but as you guys alluded to, he one was fighting much better competition uh, by the time he was champion. And he was trying to just get the W. He was trying fighting more intelligent. You have, you have something to protect. Not yes. just not just a belt. You Correct. have your your rep, your standing. You have a standing to protect. You know, you're defending that standing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, the fight nights are also where the UFC decides, can I charge people money to watch this guy fight? Right? Theoretically, yep. they're making that determination. That's why we said at the beginning, we wanted, Yair wanted to put a stamp on this thing, man. It wasn't able to. All right, that was awesome. Uh, UFC's back on the road next week in uh, O2 Arena, I believe they're going to be, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, O2 Arena in London. Um, we'll talk about that in a second here. First, some MMA news. Um, Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahachev, UFC 280, I think is what they said, um, in Abu Dhabi. Um, Charles Oliveira is still going to get his pay-per-view points. So who thinks that was a negotiating thing he had to, he had to ask for when they said, we want to send you to Abu Dhabi? Probably. Do we th just Probably. put that out there? Yeah. <laughs> um, making him go to Abu, I don't know. I think making the champion, I know he's not the champion, but making the champion go to enemy soil. I mean, balls, huge balls, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't like that. But Marcus, I love the fight. Let's figure it out. Let's see where Islam's at, I guess, huh? Let's see yeah, if he's no, ready to be I mean, champion. I, yeah, I mean, Islam's been kind of this, you know, unsung hero, the monster of the division. We really want to see him get tested. No one has really been able to, you know, stop this guy. And, you know, Charles seems if anyone could, it'd be this guy who's equally as good, you know, jujitsu submission wise um, and has been able to find a lot of success on the feet. I love the fight. You know, I, personally, it's like, I, I don't know. So what is a champion in a fight? Is he going to have all his fights in Brazil? Like, you know, you got to go. Yeah, out no, sometime. I, 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 don't yeah, know if, I don't know. I don't think he's had any in Brazil, though. Right. I don't think he's had any. No, I'm not even saying go to Brazil. I'm just saying you don't make the guy fight. You don't make the guy fight in Abu Dhabi against. Well, I, I think it might just be a money thing, right? It's like, well, like this is going to be a big 
selling fight. You yeah, know? he's going to bring a lot of more. By the way, eyeballs so, there, but no one's figured him out. Adriano Martins figured him out in 115 seconds, knocked his ass out back at UFC 192. I mean, he figured out Islam Mahachev. Sure, just saying. Well, somebody did it. Um, Frankie Edgar or his manager Ali Abdelaziz. So grain of salt says Frankie's uh, wants to retire in November in Madison Square Garden. Would like to fight Dominic Cruz, which I feel is a fight we've all said on this podcast about 45 times as a fight they should book. Dominic's booked for the, in August, he's fighting Cheeto, I think. Mm. Um, it kind of seems like it's not going to happen, though. Why? Well, I guess August to November. Oh, I, I thought you were saying the August one isn't going to happen. I'm like, what the hell? We lost that? Yeah, no, Dominic's no, no, not. I mean, like, the, the, uh, the turnaround. Dude, yeah, Dominic may not Dominic fight next. No, he might fight not fight next November. He might um, not fight this August. Yeah, um, he they they said that Frankie just wants to fight at one thirty five in Madison Square Garden and end his career. We don't need to feed him to the wolves, right, Mark? I mean, the man. Yeah, I don't, and I I don't I don't necessarily consider Dominic the, the wolves. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying, don't let's not yeah, go I, find fucking like. Let's not get him like whatever, whatever, like what is, what's the current equivalent of like what Aljo is three years ago. That's right. Like, like someone, yeah, some young prospect. We don't need to test the water. We don't need someone to prove their, their, you know, their ability. He already against. made, he already made Cheeto in his life. He made Cheat. He got Cheeto kicked him in the face. Who else knocked him out? Ortega knocked him. We got enough young guys beating up. Frankie yeah. Or... So, I mean, but at the same point, it's like, I don't really know. Because I, mean, I think Dominic makes sense that they're two guys that have been around for a long time. They both held, held the belts. Um, but I don't know if Dominic isn't able to make that turnaround. And I agree with you guys. I don't think you can bank on that at all. Um, like, who do they put him in with? And I don't really have a good answer, but they'll figure out. I'm just going to say out. this. You keep Sean O'Malley away from him. Okay. <laughs> sure. I, I don't want to go. If Frankie Edgar just took Sean O'Malley down for 15 minutes, that would be hilarious to me <laughs> on every level. I'm looking at who's a weight, and I just was thinking. Yeah, um, I just, I don't know a lot of like, old veteran guards the weight class didn't exist for a lot of time i mean yeah, yeah i was gonna say like and it's not really a division that like he already fought jose around. twice jose's too good still and jose fought him twice already mm -hmm. they burned the him and uriah fight like 10 years ago i mean i almost felt like that should have just been curtains for both but yeah um but then frankie had to have another run i guess in him i think the dominic fight is great if dominic can still be healthy unless like, if dominic beats chito vera dominic is top five again and this is not a conversation Mm -hmm. Cheeto beats Dominic, and Dominic somehow isn't hurt from getting. Right. Che Cheeto leaves everybody hurt, but if Dominic's somehow okay three months after that, cool. But I don't know what the other option is. But yeah, Frankie wants to go. You know, give him something. Give him another just vet. Then I don't know. Yeah. Anybody you can give him. Uh, they're not them are ranked right now, at least. Um. So the Nate Diaz thing. I uh, guess. The best way of describing what is happening is the UFC is definitely holding him hostage. Uh, Dana White says, how am I holding him hostage? The same way you've ever hold, ever held anybody else hostage. Um, for, uh, he uh, Nate has been asking for fights and hasn't been offered one for nine months. Um, the UFC said they were going to offer him, him Chimeyev. And at first, Nate's like, why am I fighting Chimeyev? And now Nate, for the last few months, has said, give me him. Give me the contract. I'll fight whoever you want me to fight. Um, the UFC still hasn't offered him a contract for to fight anybody this calendar year. Um, his his contract will expire October nineteenth. I said, I believe. 
Uh, now, does he have a period after that where he can't 90 days. fight anywhere else? 90 oh, days they sucks. can they have exclusive thing for him. So um, I think that's why he wants the fight. Well, obviously, Nate wants a check. Um, but Nate, if he just has the fight, then it's over right there. Um, they're holding him hostage. That's what's happening. There's no other. Dana White showed up at a press conference for the first time in like a month and realized, I think he forgot that he wasn't on like ESPN because he started getting follow-up questions to his bullshit. And then he got combative and he had no answers. I just don't understand why they're doing this because it seems personal because they can lose anybody, the UFC, and it won't make two cents of difference with the cur- they do they did it. This was an achievement, man. The, U- the UFC achieved just being a content creator. All right? In this day and age, you just need to make content. And if you make live content, you're supremely valuable. They are going to make it a big raise the next time they come up for uh, ESPN renewal. Either way, no matter what. They did it. That was impressive. They don't need any of these guys that much more than the other. They don't. So I don't know what they're doing here. Because Nate says that he thinks they're not letting him leave because they want him to fight Connor. They don't want that third Connor fight not to happen. Which, Mark, if they were they listen to us, I feel you and me and Mike have just said, we can book that Connor fight, book Connor in 8 3. Anytime you want, you should do it. I don't get why they're doing this. I, he could go sign with Bellator tomorrow. He can go to Showtime tomorrow. It doesn't make two cents of difference to the UFC. I don't understand it. Um, what's your thoughts, Marcus? Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of agree. I think that's a great point. Like, it's not really about the star power. Am I am I freezing up again? Okay, sorry. My internet's no, you're fine. Today. Um, they could lose Nate, and I don't think and it's not even like. He's some like world beater either. I mean, he's thirty fucking seven. <laughs> and I think it's like they've put him against tough guys, and like we we've seen him. And, and and some guys. I mean, look, he he lost to Jorge. He lost to Leon Edwards, which I don't think there's any. You know, I think he redeemed himself in that fight a little bit in the fifth round to kind of save some face. But it's like you know, it's not like this guy's running for title contention. He's a big draw, but you're not using him to draw anymore. So really, what's the point? And over this last year, he's presented multiple fights that. I think all of us are like, yeah, Tony Ferguson, why not? Uh, Dustin Poirier, let's do it. Like, oh, he's fucking, present- what was the, what's the guy with the, um, the uh, it starts with the V. God, I'm, I cut you off and I don't remember. Oh, Vincent, Vincent, Vicente, no. Vicente Lupe. 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 Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, let's do them. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, okay, yeah, like he, he needs to do his fights and run out his contract and look at like, if you want to sign him again, it, he's going to ask for a lot of money, right? It's like, if you really he, You want- know what he said? He said, Mark, he said it, they they keep offering him more money with every conversation. Mm-hmm. He's like, this isn't about money. He's like, I've been here this long. I want to do other shit. It's time. I'll, I, I might yeah. come back. Let me do well, other shit. <laughs> but we, we, we know, like, they're probably offering him a lot of money, but, like, it's a 10-fight contract, right? It's 10 fights, 10 years or something, you know? And it's like... Well, I don't, you know, look what happened in the last year. I'm getting nowhere. You know, I'm just getting older. You know, it's like it, I, I'm sure Nate's like, look, if you okay. want to sign a new contract with me, one, two fights, five mil, something like that. You know, like I need a big payday. I'm going to be the fucking star. You're giving me five fucking rounds. It's not even going to be for a freaking belt. We can make up another belt if you want. But like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this long term bullshit. And we know that's what UFC does. Like anytime these guys renegotiate, it's like, oh, I got a great deal. It's like, yeah, you're making you're making a lot more money than you were, but you're fucking Look, in for you know, in, eight yeah. years. Yeah. Like, my, eight years, 10 fights. Mike, I uh, mean, Nate, 
I know the Diaz brothers say a lot of stuff. Like Nate went out there and said the only fighters that on our he, he, on his level are Francis and Izzy, right? And he's not going to fight the heavyweight champion and the middleweight champion, right? But reading all these MMA, MMA fans try to carry Dana White's water still in 2022, I don't know, man. Maybe they're all new. But like... Nate's no one thinks Nate I don't know how you could think Nate is lying here that's nobody exact, nobody with a brain thinks exactly, he's lying that's exactly it Bobby um I'm chalking it up to these are Johnny come lately's that don't know any better um because there's no other reason why they would be siding with Dana White in this situation um no one can ever call no one can ever call Nate Diaz a bitch or someone who ducks a fight um, he's 37 years old. He wants to go do other shit. Um, he doesn't want the constraints of having to just be tied directly to the UFC for, for the rest of his fighting career. Do you remember when, uh, years ago when they said they gave Dana White, gave Anderson Silva a 10 fight extension. Do you remember this? Yeah. Do you know how many of those fights Dana Anderson Silva had to fight before he started this boxing career of his? And. Ten fucking fights. Yeah, he did. Right? It. it was insane. Yeah, he <laughs> fought. Like, we stop. were like, why is he fighting Jared Cannonier or something? We're like, what are these fights? Like, I remember the whole time we're sitting there like, can we get him versus someone? Like, what are these fun ones we want? And they're like, no. Let's just book him against any middleweight. Next one. Brunson? Fuck it. Let's do it. It's like, anyway. Um, yeah, let him leave. If you don't, if you're not going to let him leave, all right, he can fight. I mean, he can fight Jake in next February, I guess. Or next March. Whatever. Drag it out, guys. You good job, UFC. You want to? Why don't you tell Connor to call Nate? I promise you're now. I'll fight you for. We'll we'll make a lot of money. That's their best bet. Um. By the way, Connor needs to not take selfies in the bathroom with dudes after he did coke with them. Okay. How do we know he did coke? With them? All right. I'm gonna say this. Connor needs to not take selfies with dudes after he's holding a uh, in the bathroom with a credit card in his hand. Is that better for you? Okay. It's in the bathroom. The bathroom yeah. is not a place for photo ops. It's yeah. a place to alleviate yourself of, of human waste with a credit card in your hand. Okay. I mean, maybe, look, maybe the guy, maybe the guy provided him a service, and the guy had one of those, like you know, cell phone, you know, credit card readers for the cell phone. What was it? Uh, that make a Family Guy reference. Quagmire when the 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 strip club where she he asked if she if she takes card and she said yes, and he swiped between the cheeks. It's one of those, clearly. But I saw he the video of... He, uh, uh, he swiped the guy's butt cheeks. I saw a video cool. of Connor today. He was out partying somewhere or some party. And someone flung a hat at him. Like a baseball hat. It hit him. And you're waiting for Connor to be like, okay, I'm going to fucking drop this drink of mine and go get another fucking charge. And Connor just like looks over at him and like smile, gives like a thumbs up and does like a sarcastic like grin. And then Connor just stomps out the hat. And I'm like... I like that, Connor. That's maturity. That's, that's yeah. That's a better reaction. That's a better you don't reaction go to jail for that. There you go, buddy. Um, I'm trying to think. I saw any other news. Um, we're already super long, goddamn podcast. I was gonna say, fuck the uh, news. Yeah. We're yeah, an hour news. in. We got like ten fights to pick. Yeah. Okay, let's pick some fights. UFC is in the UK. Um, we're main eventing Tommy Aspinall because we're friends. I call him Tommy. Tommy Aspinall, Curtis Razor Blades. Um, five rounds in the heavyweight division. Betting odds for this one. Who's got him? If it's not Mike, then no one does. <laughs> I got him. DraftKings, minus go. 130. Tom Aspinall, plus 110. Curtis Blades, 
FanDuel, basically the same shit. Um, I got Tom Aspinall. Spoiler alert, I'm taking the other English people for a lot of these two. I don't, I don't, I'm not confident. When the big American wrestler gets on top of the Englishman for, for, for five rounds here, Mark, please don't make fun of me for being an idiot. But I got Tom Aspinall. There's something there, man. There's something there. He's young. He's well-rounded. Um, get real Frank Mir vibes from him. Um, especially being trained by his dad and all that stuff. Like, I got a real friend in this look. I think he's really good, man. I think he's really good. He's finishing all these fights. They aren't close. Like, he, the only one to go to the second round him with, with him was Arlovsky. And if you don't end up in a split decision with Arlovsky, it's a miracle. He's great. Um, so I got, I know Curtis Brazier Blades is an excellent fighter. And if your name isn't, uh, Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou, the odds of you winning apparently is 0%. But I got Aspinall. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, and a lot of it is just like, I was so impressed with his last mm -hmm. performance. You know, that, that really put, put him on the map for me. And I think Curtis is going to present a lot of problems for him that, you know, he may not be able to overcome, but it is just like, it's one of, and there's probably going to be a handful of these where I just like, I just want this guy to win. Like he just oh, has yeah. the skill set of someone who's highly skilled with like Curtis is great. He's a great wrestler. He has fantastic conditioning. He can grind out pretty much anybody, but like, he's not really the type of guy that I want to be holding the belt is he's not the type of guy I get excited to see necessarily, you know, let's see, let's, uh, he, Blades has put on some good performances. He puts hands on some people and has gotten some knockout standing. Um, I'm excited for this fight, but I'm definitely kind of pulling for Tom. Mike, I forgot to ask you the standings. Uh, where are we? Uh, uh, hold on, because still constructing the. I mean, article. I think you just got more ahead, and Mike. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't get no, more ahead. I, I, I kept pace with uh, Mike. With Bobby. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, but I, I fell down. Yeah. I, can y'all? Can you? Can y'all just let me? Jesus. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, Bobby and I went two and one. Uh, Chalk, I think, went one and two along with uh, Mark. So Bobby is uh, 39 and 16. Mark, you are 36 and 19. Chalk is 35 and 20. And I'm still not doing great at 34 and 21. Wait, am I three up on Mark now? Yeah, because I got two wrong in this one. Yeah, right? but I only got yeah. one wrong. Yeah, but I mean, I, I was only up one before. But I was only up one before. I thought. No, you're you're up two. Up two. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right, Mike. I've got so, I've got the wrestler in this one. You got you got nice. Curtis Blades. Yeah. I think it's a smart bet. Someone's got to do it. Um, we're not picking Hermanson and Chris Curtis. All fairness, none of us know who Chris Curtis is. Nope. Mm -hmm. And I feel a little bit bad about that, just because my man's. Uh, how many retirements does he have? I'm looking at Wikipedia. He's got three retirements. He's 35 years old. Ian lost a fight since 2019. So, 3-0 in the UFC. Don't really know who he is. But he's a, it's a pick em fight on short notice with him and Jack Hermanson, which is interesting. Um, Hermanson was expecting Darren Till. Uh, instead, he gets uh, Chris Curtis, a.k.a. the Action Man. I like that nickname. Just big fan. Um, so we'll see. He's got 16 wins by knockout and 12 by decision. Man's got 37 professional fights, so we'll see what's going on there. Patty Pimblett, Jordan Levitt. I saw Patty just fought. Like, oh, they just had a ago, card in the UK like two months ago, and all these guys won. So here we are. Um, Jordan Levitt's a good fighter, man. 10 and one. 
27 years old. Another good nickname, Monkey King. I think that's a good one. But Mark said it. There's going to be some of these where we're just picking because we want him to win. I'm, I just want another moment of Patty and Molly running around the octagon <laughs> together. That was real fun, man. Um, and Patty's going to lose. This is going to end the way he fights. This is going to end eventually. But I got him winning. I got Patty, who's coming into this fight as a favorite at minus 250 well, yo, on DraftKings. Yo, I swear you Fuck do this FanDuel. on purpose to me. Fuck I swear FanDuel. You do, yo, yo. How we much money fan- you lose to FanDuel this weekend, Mike? I actually, I, lost minus most, two. I actually lost most of my money on DraftKings. Do you use yeah. DraftKings more than FanDuel and you're complaining? Minus 250 Patty Pimblett to plus 210 from the official partner of the UFC, DraftKings. I had I had excess money on DraftKings, hence why I blew it there. All right. Oh, yeah. So, who do you got in this one? Now that you're talking, uh, I've got I've got Pimblet in, in in this one. Um, I hope he wins. I, I don't know Jordan Levitt to to be honest. Um, I am afraid that Patty at some point is gonna get um, embarrassed because <laughs> yeah. while he's a good fighter, it doesn't seem like he has the best of work ethics. Um, as look, I I can't talk because. I, the last time I had a six pack, I got it with a you know PBR on sale for eight ninety nine. But you know, Patty has a shit diet, and I have to I have to think that you know bleeds into bleeds into his training as well, and eventually that's going to catch up. To him. I was mostly just talking about him getting hit in the face constantly, but that also is a factor. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I got Patty too. I mean, I think it's fair. We've talked about it before. Like, it's not even like his work ethic for me. Like, he just has holes in his game. He's just not as tight as someone that, you know, has the aspirations that, you know, he potentially has to be like a superstar. Like, I just don't see him having the skill set as like a Conor McGregor. You know, his game is mostly grappling. And in a division where there's lots of good wrestlers with super heavy hands, like, it's just not, I don't think it's going to last forever for him. So, like, I I think he's going to be able to, this is a winnable fight for him, I feel. Again, not knowing a lot about Jordan, he just hasn't fought in that really high level of competition. But you know, neither has Patty. You know, he he fit, he fought some good guys in um, Cage Warriors, right? Yeah, it was like Cage Warriors. Cage yeah. Warriors. But like, you know, I, I again, like, it's just like, how long is this going to last? I think he's going to be able to get W here. At least the crowd is going to be on his side. So he's going to have a lot of energy, momentum, and and that walkout's going to be amazing. But you know, we'll see how long it lasts. But I got Patty winning this one at least. Um, next one we had up is, uh, Nikki, Nikita Krylov, Alex Gustafson. Uh, what weight class is this at? I'd assume it's at light heavyweight. It's light no? heavy. Light heavyweight? Oh, I mean, you don't even know anymore with Alex. Um, betting odds for this one, Alex is an underdog to Nikita Krylov. Man, how things have changed. Plus 160 to minus 190 for the minor, aka Al Capone. Mike, who do you got? Am I supposed to pick first on every one of these? Let me ask that question. Uh, according to Mark, yes. Is it every fight? Yeah, Honest sure, question. I'll do it. No, I'll it do was it. really one I like time that. I really wanted you to pick first because I wasn't no, you know, sure. And then you now you know. I well, picked the. How about I got to pick at least the, at least half of them because I just no, picked I the feel, first three. I feel we should put this to the vote, and me and Mark vote. You should just go first. Mark does not vote first. I'm pretty sure he does. This not is sure like, not. I mean, your show, you go first, Bob. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah, Mike's like, I'm. Not, Mike's never going to be first, so he's making all these <laughs> oh, rules. Oh, go fuck yourself. This he is like these. This it. is like these poor people who want to raise taxes on the rich, just because y'all never going to be like us over here as champions. Um, yeah, this is going to feel real dumb. I got Krylov. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know why Alex is fighting. 
I thought he's retiring. Does he need the money? Probably. This sport doesn't pay shit. He looked terrible. He, like, he looked really bad when he fought that fight at heavyweight. Um, it was almost depressing. Um, and was that the only one? Yeah. He got mm-hmm. beat up by Verdum in two and a half minutes a year ago. Krylov, on the other hand, uh, he's losing fights too. Shit. Yeah, okay. I got Krylov. I already said it. Mark, who do you got? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't feel good. I, this is, I'm going to go with Alex, but, like, you're right. I should probably watch his last couple of fights. I don't think the loss to Anthony Smith should make me super confident because I think skill-wise that's a fight he should have won. Um, Bro, Anthony Doom, Smith is one win away now again. Everybody's talking. It's just, nuts. I, I, <laughs> what's weird is, like, literally go back five years, and I was the guy from, like, Strike Force being like, I like this Anthony Dude, Smith guy. Dude, go, He's really go good. back two years. He was putting, he was picking his teeth up, teeth up off the mat. What, I, what are I, we doing? I, I know. Well, it's like, the thing is, like, I like the cat. Like, when he was in Strike Force, I was like, this guy's pretty good. Like, I was kind of impressed. Like, I never thought he'd get to this level. Um, And I, I guess against someone like Alex, I thought he should handle it. And then, you know, the Verdum fight, he looked bad, but he was going up to heavy. Like, I can't put, I, I'm trying not to put too much on there. And again, like, I don't remember that fight super well, so it's easy for me to be he like, fat. he looked fat. He's at heavyweight. Verdum's a good submission guy, whatever. Um, I think I'm basing a lot of this on, like, you know, five years ago, you, you wouldn't pick Kraloff in this fight at all. Um, but, you know, these have been a rough five years. I'm still going with Alex. You know, that deficit, you know, I might be hanging out with Mike. Mike, be, Mike might be in second place pretty soon here with some of the picks I've been making. So. Krylov is 30 years old. He has 36 pro fights. Master of Sports in Ukraine in Kyoshikun Karate. Or Kyoshin Karate. Master of Sports in Ukraine in Army hand-to-hand combat. So wait a second. Okay. This Krylov guy is this good at, like, fighting for Ukraine. And he lives what, in what? Moscow. Wow. I'm saving, I'm saving Mike a real unfortunate joke he was about to make, too, I think. While there's still a goddamn arm clomp for, like, going. It's not, not so much a joke. I was just going to wonder aloud, like, why isn't, why, he isn't being, he? why isn't he being a good patriotic Ukraine Mian? And, you know. Because they don't pay him enough to be fight. an MMA fighter. So when you're, you know, when you're these other guys, these boxers who are making millions per fight, they can take a couple months off. Nikita I'm, Krylov got to eat. Uh, I'm enjoying the fight going on in the background. Behind Mark with his uh, with his two dogs there. Yeah, there. Well, it's not enough dogs. that you're watching the home run derby, Mike. I'm actually not watching the home run derby. You know, I can home- see what's on your TV and your glasses, right? The home dub home run derby isn't even on, so you can't see it that well, what, Bobby. What what, what what is it? It's some shit about Derek Jeter. So oh, so it's just so I'm seeing a baseball that. diamond for no reason. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. You were right. You were right. It's baseball. Anyway, um, that system's washed. All right. That man looked like absolute shit in his last fight. I'm not going out on a limb and picking against Bobby, but this fight, crazy. Okay. Um, is there anything else we're picking on this one? Uh, Molly oh, two more. Two more. Or, yeah. Molly McGann versus... Is it McGann uh, or McCann? McCann, sorry. McCann versus Hannah Goldie. Mal- Molly's a big favorite. Minus She's five, a huge minus favorite. 440 on Fan Duel. Yeah, okay. Um, 440 on FanDuel, 380 on DraftKings. Um, I got Molly McCann. It's a big favorite, Second. man. Yeah, Mark's with me, Mike. Third. Paul Craig, Vulcan Ozdemir. Uh, why are we picking this fight? I'm the one who came up with this idea, too. Hey, we know how to pick it. Uh, well, it's, more, it's interesting. I want to pick, I, I, we want to pick on more fights, okay? Vulcan Ozdemir coming to this fight. He's just losing. All right? Lost to Ankaleov. 
Lost to Prohaska. Back-to-back losses. Lost, we're padding our record right now, aren't we? Lost five of seven. He's the favorite. Last five of seven. How is that? Paul How is Craig. The Paul Craig. Beat Nikita Krylov. Why is he fighting before him, guys? Why is he fighting before him? He just choked his ass out. Back in, in London. All these people at this fight saw him beat up Nikita Krylov back in March. Um, he's on fire, man. He's won four straight. Six fights in a row unspeaten. In the middle there, he got a draw at Shogun. But he also beat Shogun's ass after that. I don't know why he's the underdog. Not that I think he should be a big favorite, but he's plus 140 to Volkan Ozdemir's minus 165. Plus 142 to minus 184 on FanDuel. I got I got Paul Craig, man. I'm not that confident, but I think he should be the favorite. I got Paul Craig. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, this is another fight like kind of the main event, like... I think Ozdemir might. I mean, he's got heavy hands. Mm. Paul Craig's stand-up isn't the best. I just like Paul Craig. Mm. I like these triangles. I like the work he does on the bottom. It's just fun to watch. So, yeah, this is more of a, a picking with the heart necessarily with the mind. But I, I think this is a winnable fight for him. I don't think like he's completely outclassed. Mm. Um, and like you said, Ozdemir hasn't been like on a tear. So it's not like he has uh, a honestly, ton of momentum. I don't, I think I don't think very highly of Ozdemir. Yeah, I, I mean. And I think it's because I almost think we were sold fool's gold. When mm-hmm. he got a title shot after two fights, and he won those two fights, like he he beat that he dude, he, be, he killed. Uh, I mean, at the time, Misha Serkinov beating him in a, in a thirty seconds meant something. Manoa's no slouch either. He beat him too. Yeah, next yeah. after no, that. But I, I Since then, yeah. yeah, it's been really rocky. But I mean, Paul Craig, he doesn't have a stellar record. You know, it's not like he's a world beater necessarily. Although he's on a bit of a run. And, and again, I'm mostly just because I like this guy's style. You know, I just like I love the way he works on the bottom. So I'd love to see another triangle choke here. Yeah, he's got like seven of them. Mike, we're giving you an opportunity here to pick the favorite of the fight. Oh, oh, I noticed that. And I will be picking with my head here because this is what's called an opportunity, boys, to pick up some ground. Nice. Well done, Mike. Remember, remember last week, Mike's like, I'm giving Mike up. Ruined all the, Mike anymore. almost ruined the entire bit. I, have, I, I, almost, I almost had I to have, break kayfabe. Like, I have no time for you guys' jokes. Mark, I almost had to expose the business last week and be like, Mike, we can't do this bit where I, we make fun of you and do the glasses. It doesn't work if you're not playing along. It's no I fun. Mean, the bit also doesn't really work considering that this is an audio medium. Oh, and you posted no on Instagram home. that picture. Oh, shit, I did. I, I tried to just grab my belt and I accidentally just knocked it on my dog who was napping. I felt bad. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like. Uh, anything else on this card? Uh, Dia Casey, Amir Khani. There's some people on this undercard, man. I bet this is going to be awesome. All the London cards are good. It's another uh, early and, card, too, which I think we yeah, all enjoy. Somehow not as early as the one in New York. That still has not been explained to us why it was so early. And we're one week out from a pay-per-view in Dallas where we're going to get ourselves uh, interim belts and a real belt. Yeah. Um. All right. We pushed off talking about Thor to this week. Did, Mike, you ever see Thor, ultimately? I did. I actually saw it yesterday. Oh, nice. All right. What'd you think? I thought it was very funny. Um, there were parts of when I was watching it where I literally could not contain my laughter um where i was just belly laughing during it uh i thought it was a very good movie i thought that taiko ytt um he had full reign in this movie which in my opinion kind of hurt it a bit 
because he just went full Taika, I, I thought, in this movie. Whereas I think with uh, the first uh, Thor movie he did, he still has some guardrails on it. Um, Story-wise, um, also spoiler alert for, for anyone. Uh, sure. Story-wise, I was really sad that they killed off Natalie Portman's character, um, her, her, her version of Thor. So um, was I. Yeah, I, I thought perhaps that this is going to be a continuation where Natalie Portman is going to continue on as, uh, as Thor. Uh, but her playing that role was very short-lived. And she I looked guess, yoked, by the way. Natalie Portman looks shredded she, in yeah, this, yeah. this fucking thing, man. <laughs> Just uh, wild. <laughs> kind. I didn't really understand the ending too well. I thought the way it was going to end was that considering that that center of the universe thing could grant any wish, I thought Thor was just going to knock Gore out of the way and like, you know, I don't know, maybe wish for Jane not to have cancer anymore. I don't know. That didn't seem like a fucking stupid That's, thing to do. That didn't I, I don't, seem I don't like think they could have the given him the most a, logical he, he thing to do. He can't have the hero make a selfish wish like that. I know what you're saying, but they couldn't have done that. I think I mean I I don't know I, I it's, now it feels I saw it like ten days ago I don't remember a lot of it I thought it was I thought it was okay I thought it was I thought it was a good movie I liked it less than three maybe yeah. less than Thor one but it was still good and uh, honestly you stayed for the after credit scene yeah they're pretty worthless except pretty. for uh well yeah was, pretty, yeah wor pretty I, worthless I, I already knew I already knew that Roy Kent was playing Hercules. Roy fucking Kent, you mean? Yeah. What about even, it, Mike? <laughs> even though, even though, when he did come on the screen, I did yell out, oh shit, Roy Kent. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, I was talking to Steph about this earlier. Mark disagrees. Maybe, maybe he doesn't disagree as much as he thinks it's not going to happen. I need him to say fucking once in the Marvel Universe and just beep it. Just beep it. You don't have to, like, that's fine. Just put a beep. What I but, need... <laughs> What I need is that if there's a Thor, I'm assuming there's going to be a Thor five, right? Like, seems like that's what they're mm -hmm. building Who up knows? for. Uh, Comic cons uh, this weekend, we might find out soon. Uh, yeah. But I hope this is what I hope, boys. I hope that in an eventual fight between Thor and Hercules, while they're fighting, Hercules is just darting around, and Valkyrie just goes, "Ah, Hercules, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere, he's every fucking where." Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a PG. Someone's got a curse in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have. A, I don't have a lot. I mean, this is a long podcast. I don't. I, 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 I got what you're saying. When Taiki, you think he went? Taika went. He went I real Taika in this movie. I mean, if you want to put it in South Park terms, sniffing his own farts, I think might be a little bit of what was happening too. Um, is what. You, but I still thought it was funny. A lot of times, I thought that it was one more joke that needed to be. Like in a couple scenes, I'm like, that's one more joke. We didn't need that other one. But I thought it was okay. It was, it was a good movie. I had a good time. It kicked the shit out of Thor 2. Um, still a good movie, just not as good as 3 or 1 for me. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I'm probably higher up on it than maybe a lot of other people. I know people criticize some things being like underbaked and some character arcs not making a ton of sense or whatever. But like watching it. In the moment, like I loved it. I thought the and, and again, like at the end of the day, is like I didn't get bored in this movie. Like the whole time, I was interested and engaged in what was going on. And there's a lot of other movies I'm fucking clocked out. Like I'm thinking like the Batman, 
And there's this scene he's talking to fucking Alfred on his death. And I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't care <laughs> what you guys are talking about. This movie's boring me. And it's a superhero movie. I should be, you know. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, you know, the Disney movies have way too many jokes. They're too ha ha You know, everyone's cracking a line. But it's like, I want to be engaged the whole time. I don't want to yeah, be I think, sitting I think in we talked about like, this last week, right, mm-hmm. Marcus? Where it's just at this point in our lives, it's like, I, I put, I've decided to go do this. And pay money for it. Don't make me regret it at all. If you keep me entertained the yeah, whole time, like, I'm good. <laughs> I, and it's like you know, like some some movies don't live up. It's it's whatever. I still are going to give movies a shot or whatever. But like at the end of the day, if it's like I spent two hours and I wasn't like fidgeting in my seat, I wasn't bored, I wasn't getting antsy. It's like that's a pretty good fucking movie, you know. Um, and and I'm also just like a Marvel mark, mark, you know. Like most of the stuff they put out, I really enjoy. So like I, I know like. You know, other people are getting bored of it or it's getting tired or a lot of people are like, you know, these MC, MCU movies need like a common thread because they kind of all are just doing whatever and there's no like Thanos or whatever. But it's just like, I'm just loving it. And uh, I do want to talk about Miss Marvel because that just wrapped up too. I was going to say, and, let's. And I, I was going to wait and see if Mike, did you watch Miss Marvel? I did. Oh, okay. Color me surprised, Mike. I didn't think you. Is there time. anything else we want to talk about before that? Because we're at an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll, save I'll, whatever else I was going to talk I'm about. I'm foregoing my stuff. I like. This yeah. Well, okay. We'll, next week we'll. we'll so Miss Marvel ended this week too. It was the final week, mm-hmm. um, right, of the show. Because yeah. I only watched. I watched the first episode last week, and then I meant. And you mentioned I should see if I could watch all of it before, because so we could all talk about it on the podcast, and I did. Um, didn't feel like it was a lot necessarily, but I had five episodes and I think each one's 40 minutes, maybe yeah. 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I really like this show. Um, I kind of went in and I knew I was going to watch it. Just me personally. Look, I'm Middle Eastern. I'm first generation. I am in no way religious on any level. Um, but when they're giving shit to the poor little girl, well, I know she's an adult, but to the girl who's playing the Middle Eastern Muslim superhero, and there's people review bombing this thing negatively. She, she's actually a teenager. She's not a kid, though. She's like she's, a, she's an adult. Okay, fine. Um, just the way it was, like, playing out. Like, when I saw the review bombing thing, Marcus, I literally was just like, yeah, of course, right? Why wouldn't people be shitty about this? Huh? Fuck the fact that in the books there was this character. It actually was a Muslim teenager. Mm-hmm. It, fuck, from Jersey City, who's Pakistani. Like, all these things are part of the character, but nah, fuck them, huh? Because this is the uh, woke, this is the woke show, because, you know, we got to review, we got to score the movie for that. It's literally for children. I mean, okay, it was for adults, too. I think it went, it did a good mix, but it was, they wanted kids to watch this thing. But yeah, fuck these people, huh? So I went into this one, like, I got to watch this. And I thought it was great. I thought it was very relatable for anybody, obviously, who, I think it was relatable if you remember being a teenager at all. Let's start with that. I think it was especially relatable if you are first generation. Um, your parents are from somewhere else, which I'm. that's my case for me, and that's the case for Mike also. Yeah. Um, not everything's one-to-one with everything that they were talking about, of course, but I thought it was just really well done. And I thought the – I mean, I, there was a lot of things I liked. I, the whole, I don't know how to describe this. as like I guess the look of it when they just had text written on the screen and shit and the different art there. Mark, I thought all that was so well done top to bottom. I was really impressed with this show. Uh, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I loved it. And to be honest, leading into it, I, I have read the comics. I think I had the first two graphic novels, and I loved them. 
it did seem like like this generation's Peter Parker, where it was like a teenager dealing with teenager shit while you know getting these superpowers. And leading up to the show, I was super annoyed and disappointed that she didn't have the same power set. You know, in the comics, yeah. she's basically like Mister Fantastic. She makes herself big, and we eventually got there in the series and in the finale. She did her in Biggin, which is kind of like her, her whole thing is like she gets really big. Um, and again, like, you know, I, I talked about it years ago when the Marvel, when the Marvel's Avenger game came out, which a lot of people didn't like, I said like, you know, it has a pretty good story mode in it. And a lot of that is Kamala's story. Um, and visually they did a really good job of having those stretchy powers be kind of like weird and gross, but interesting and fun. So leading into this, I was kind of disappointed. They kind of changed her power set to be just like kind of shooting out lasers or crystals or whatever. It just seemed kind of like a cop out. Ultimately that didn't matter. The story and the writing is so good. And again, and like a lot of these times when I watch these superhero shows, a lot of times when it's like, when we're not dealing with the superhero shit, I'm really clocked out. Like, and I think about daredevil a lot. Like when there's a, a scene with daredevil's buddy and, uh, you know, their female friend talking about like, Oh, this, that, and I'm just like, oh, I don't care. Get me in daredevil doing daredevil shit. And this show was the opposite. Anytime it's about the family I'm super invested. They're so charming, likable, and relatable that like I liked those scenes more than when she was doing her superhero shit. And I love those scenes too. I think the whole couple episodes they talked about the partition was really interesting. Um, how they dealt with like the time travel was like, you know, it wasn't like the like the most mind-blowing thing in the world. You kind of saw it coming when it was coming up, like when you know, when Miss Marvel basically goes like back in time, like, okay, she has the bangle, she's probably the one that like saved her grandma. But like that whole scene about seeing her great grandma, I think was really interesting and fun. And just that I mean, one, she's gorgeous, so she just captures the screen anytime she's on there, and then the chemistry between her and her great grandfather was just so charming and romantic and fun. Um, you know, everything about this. I mean, the only thing I, I wasn't like super thrilled on was like the clandestine, like mom that was like kind of the villain was very villainy. She like basically abandons her son and she sacrifices herself at the end. Like that stuff wasn't like super great, but like, I didn't care every episode. I mean, I know Bobby got on this late. This was must view watching every week. I'm like, Christine, like someday tonight, Wednesday night, we were watching this show. I don't want to wait another day. I had to see what was happening next. I really enjoyed it. I'm now much more interested in the movie tie-in, the Marvels, than I was before. Before, I was like, I don't know if this show is going to live up. I don't think Captain Marvel was a great movie. Since that movie, she hasn't really done much in the MCU besides coming in, you know, being almost like a Superman, coming in at the last minute, kind of saving the day, and that kind of being it. There hasn't been a much of an arc, but I think if... At the end, I mean, in spoilers, you know, at the end of this uh, series, basically, Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel kind of swap spaces. So I have to imagine the Marvels is going to open up with Captain Marvel opening the door and then her dad being like, what the heck? You know, and I I'm so glad that family is going to be in the movie because I think they're so integral to what makes that character work. Um, and, and even then, like there's some stuff like when they finally found out she had powers and her dad's kind of like, oh, I'm so happy for her. I was like. I don't know. I still feel like you'd be very protective of your daughter or whatever, but they, they validate that stuff saying like, you know, uh, you're, you're mute about. They sent the older brother. Remember they sent the older brother to, that, that was uh, cute. They, that was yeah. super cute, but it <laughs> was like, like, Oh, 
but I mean, you know, saying, like, would have a chaperone, you know? <laughs> yeah, but her saying, like, you know, you raised me too well to, like, to allow me not to do good for people. I mean, there's a lot of lines like that, like, good is a thing you, you do, it's not a thing you are. It's very much the Peter Parker, like, with great responsibility line. Um, and then I, again, I think it's easy to, for a lot of people that are Pakistani or Muslim or, like you said, first generation, it, I think it's very easy to, like, relate to these characters. But as someone who, who isn't those things, it's it's very interesting and fun to see that representation and just see like yeah she's muslim you know and she goes to the mosque and stuff but it's not like that's not what identifies her it's just a small part of who she is and the culture and family she's around like yeah her weddings are a little different you know they do a big dance scene it's a lot of fun everything in this in this series that is like oh this is pakistani culture or muslim religion like it's always just like in good fun fate. Like I thought the wedding scene was fantastic. I love, I mean, I don't know much about like, you know, I, I'm guessing it's like a, a traditional Muslim wedding where they kind of tell that they, you know, in traditional marriage, like, Oh, do you take this husband, you know, this guy to be your husband. And you say, I do once. And they say it three times. So like the first time the brother's like, yeah, whatever I'll do it. And he's like, yeah. And you know, it gets more serious each time. I thought that was really cute. There's just a, yeah, a that, is, thousand, that, is, that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. There's just a thousand little things in this show that I think, does a great job not like showing you like oh you know muslims need to be cherished or whatever or they're better than anyone else it's just showing you like it's just another way to you know to to worship and to to have a religion in your life and if that's for you great and if it's not no big deal you know these are just more people and i think they just humanize a lot of those people i love the kid that was falling down he was like what's your favorite food it's pizza ice cream and then like how that kind of reverberates throughout the rest of the series on there's like a, a million little charming things in the show that i really love M- so. mike uh, um what'd you think of the show and i just want to say i thought the mom the whole family killed it as mark said it i thought the actress that played the mom who played um muniba i believe is a character yep so good there's anobia shroff so good the mom was so good. Was the mom killing. who also played the female detective in the first Rush Hour movie, if you remember that. <laughs> okay, that's a poll. Yeah. Is yeah? Is, are you sure? I'm pretty sure that's her. Look at no. it, look at look at look it up as I talk. Yeah, you're wrong. I mean, did you already? Did you already? Yeah, look I'm it looking up? it up. Oh wow, damn. I'll look oh, up shit. who that was while we're doing. Yeah, look, it. Who, look, yeah. look, who, look who that is. They, 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 they have very similar faces. You sure is that a sister? Anyway. Um, <laughs> he I, said it so confidently. I thought he I checked. really did. Damn, I should not have told you to look it up. Uh, that's uh, Elizabeth Pena, who is oh she dead. Is. Oh Jesus. Okay, she Fuck died. Me, man. Um, this is a better episode for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drank herself to death. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mike, what'd you think of this show? Let's back on what'd track. What'd you think of this show? <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike, go um, ahead. What do you think of the show? <laughs> I, I think, I think I need to go to bed. But besides that, um, I with my uh, my nerd side says that um, I was a little upset as well with how they changed uh, Kamala's powers. I felt that they changed them to be more in line with. Um, you know, Captain Marvel's powers and um, the later, later to be called Photon from um, from Scarlet Vision, Scarlet Vision, WandaVision, WandaVision, yeah. WandaVision. Um, 
And but I can understand why they ended up changing her powers, Mark, um, the way they did, because for two reasons. One, I think they're just about to introduce the Fantastic Four, so they don't want two people that have very duplicate-looking powers. And also, I mean, let's face it, it looks a little freaky, you know, like for the screen. Not to interject too much, Mike, but like that's one of the things I kind of think makes her character really cool and it's one of the things that the marvel game does really well it's like she wants to be a superhero and when she finally becomes one she kind of looks like a freak and it's depressed it's like i didn't want to be a superhero and then look weird and feel more like an outcast but ultimately she ends up owning it right and it just makes her stronger it's like this is who i am and look my my hands get freakishly big and they look weird but like fuck it i'm i'm saving lives here and ultimately with the show it's like they kind of got there like she she makes big hands and stuff you know so like at the end of the day i was like oh she's still in big end and ultimately it's like that did not deter me from liking it but i totally understand i think mr fantastic's coming it would be kind of weird to have two people with the exact same stretchy powers but you know it, it that's something that put me off at first, but the show completely redeemed itself. I mean, Mr. Fantastic was also just in a movie Mm -hmm. two months ago, also. I mean, he he did turn all, but yeah, he was there. He turned, what do you mean? He got turned into confetti. Yeah, I mean, it was the most most memorable part of the movie because 12 seconds later, Homeboy's head exploded internally. (laughs) Also, some plot holes I saw, I mean, I know we're talking about uh, Miss Marvel, but some plot holes on Mr. Fantastic, supposed to be like the smartest man in the world, and he basically tells Wanda how to beat Black Bolt. Hey, this guy with one sound from his mouth can kill you. A word? Let me take away this dude's mouth. Uh, but I thought I thought Miss Marvel was very good. Um, not to um, be around the same areas that you guys just talked about. So just talk about something slightly different. Uh, the part I liked is how they did a soft introduction of how they're doing mutants in mm-hmm. in the MCU because they changed um, Kamala's origin from being an a, a dormant inhuman who had her powers uh, triggered by uh, by the Terrigan Mist to making her a mutant. Um, with do, that do, 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 do. yeah like like <laughs> if you didn't get it from bruno saying mutation yeah the the little ditty of the uh 90s x-men theme song you know really hits it over the head so it's kind of fat it's kind of fascinating and exciting to have kamala as as a mutant in the in the mcu are those drones sure. going to become sentinels is that the end game here because that Could would be, be cool they I, I know, like, I guess, like, you know, story-wise, it's like the drones that, um, mis- how was it, F- 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 Mysterio? Mysterio, that Mysterio yeah. used in, in Spider-Man. They kind of got repurposed for damage control. And damage control is going to be in the center of uh, She-Hulk that's coming up in the trailer. You show her going to, like, the prison and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it, it that's who with, knows? Um, what's her name, right? Um, yeah, I don't know the actress's name. That's the T. Talia Maslany. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people were kind of like hemming and hawing at the trailer. The, the CGI looks a little wonky, but I thought comedically it kind of worked. I mean, and She-Hulk is one of the three characters that does the Deadpool thing where it's like she'll talk directly to the audience. I don't know if she's going to do it in the show, um, but she's kind of a more comedic type of superhero. So I'm, I'm really interested for that. And I'm, are like we I said, not, are we're not past the point where we don't just fucking decide to bury something based on the trailer. Like we're not uh, at that point. We, you know, I was going to say we're. 
it, it, this is a culture of reactions and negative reactions always just get the most views, Bobby. So like, I think that's, that's a thing that's going to stay, but like you make your own opinion, you know, don't let, you know, the naysayers, you watch something and you like it or you don't and whatever, you know, no big deal. The brother was good on the show too. The older brother. They were all good, man. Everybody was good on this show. Nobody, the, I, you know what? The, I know I thought, for what? sure the brother was in that CW show oh, uh, about the, uh, about the zombie, that. about the zombie. I zombie. Um, I zombie. There you go. That's not him. That that's Raul. Nah, that's that Raul, who's nah, in nah, House nah. on Haunted Hill. I know because that's like one actor. Well, well, what, what, what show is he supposed to be in, Mike? I zombie. I zombie. No, that was definitely him. All right. Oh my god. Don't try to don't try to play. Here's me, Mike Mark. with his shovel. He's not in. It. He wasn't in it. And oh, I fuck. know he's not because I know who's no, fucking in it. It's Raul. He's been no, in a bunch no, of other shit. He's at Funhouse no, with Alana Pierce. Now. I'm you're, watching this dude. He's no. The, the I Zombie is not on this guy's Wikipedia. Uh, nah, this guy's Wikipedia. Um, it's Raul. I'm, I'm checking. Who's, who the fuck is Raul? He's the guy. He's the he's the. I don't know if he's Indian or Pakistani. He's the guy that was in I Zombie. I know because this guy's on Funhouse. I see him all the time. He's with this other Raul Cohill. Yes. Yes, Raul. That's why I'm saying his name. And you're nah, dude, that's him. Mike, do you that's just him, do all bro. Middle Eastern people look the same to you? Do you just well, call the other, other other people you call Bobby? Well, the, just <laughs> the other person wasn't even Middle Eastern. She was Latin. All um, right, Mike's Mike's. We're patting the dirt on Mike. We're sending him to bed. This Mike. <laughs> Mike called me Rudy one time. I remember multiple times on one car ride. I'm questioning Rudy. Mike's ability to see it all. Rudy, quarter levities. So he actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um Show's great, guys. Disney Plus is going to uh, announce in the next two weeks that the price is going up. Watch Miss Marvel now. I'm, I'm Probably still checking on this. I'm Comic-Con. like a dog with a bone they're gonna, here, man. They're going to be like, look, we got all these Marvel shows coming out. And I guess what the price is going to be increased. But you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was awesome, though. Uh, all these kids did great. They're all like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Though that Comron guy. Real fuck boy, all right. Or I'm on the other guy's side. What's the name of her? Bruno. Bruno. Bruno's better. That, Who that goes actor... to a party and nobody knows you, and the first thing you do is do some weird front flip into the pool and act like, oh man, it's just what I do. Yeah. Well, Bobby, like, you don't you don't go to a party and make a move. scene. <laughs> this guy's like, I'm gonna get noticed. Uh, I, I did like, I guess that actor Bruno. He he auditioned for Peter Parker. I think he would. I think Tom Holland's still the better choice. But I could, when I was watching this, I was like, I could see. There's definitely some Parker in this kid. For I mean, those characters. He's are younger too. Very. Yeah, what's his name? So what's his name? Such a good Peter Parker though. But this. Uh, yeah, I still would have gone yeah. Tom Holland. He's yeah. Just that was awesome. great job but, by this kid though. Yeah, also. Great job. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Um, front flips into the pool. I'm just thinking, man, what a fuck boy move that was. All right, we're gonna be back <laughs> next week. Um, we're gonna talk about UFC 277. We're going to see if anybody thinks Amanda Pena can do it again. Real quick, does anybody think Amanda Pena can do I'm sorry, Juliana Pena can do it again? Maybe, but I'm not going to pick her. You got to stay. Okay, you didn't say the second part. Stay tuned to next week to see. None of us are picking her. Uh, we're going to talk about that, the interim flyweight title fight, which despite Figueroa putting his foot down, the, the UFC doesn't care. They're going to do this fight. Um, we'll be back next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Um... Yeah, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Peace out. See you guys. Mike, you you're talking over the music. You got to talk louder. It's on National what day? It's National Caviar Day as well. National Caviar Day. Did you have yeah. any?
Uh, no. Um, but that I did tell someone that they're full of shit today. Okay, right. so you put them in the doghouse. <laughs> Is that what you're yeah. you, you know all these holidays, but it doesn't seem like you act on a lot of them. Uh, also, thank also you all for- I, I also just equate a caviar with shit. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening, guys. Bye. <laughs>